Hello? Oh, hello, Mer. Hey, big dog. Hmm. What's Did up? I feel like we talked about this. Yeah. I, I, um, <laughs> I forget what it's called. Is it Prima Nocta? Whatever it's called. I, I want the thing where I get to pre-approve nicknames for me. Okay. I mean, that's fair and it's valid. We're adults here. Do you have any you want to vet with me? You got, you got Poppy, which you spell P-A-P-I. <laughs> yeah. Which I think might be some, I don't even know what culture you're appropriating, but it's gross. Yeah. You call me Poppy or often you call me Big P-A-P-I, Big Papi. And then you call me Big Dog. Hey, Big Dog. I'm like two inches taller than you. I know. It's not bragging. God. Oh, was that was that a uh, <laughs> a weird flex? Yeah. Was... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I don't know nicknames. Uh, you know, it's uh, you know, you don't get to pick your cause of death, and you don't get to pick your nickname. You know, George Costanza tried. He wanted to be T Bone. T Bone was the thing he was. Yeah. You know what they called him instead? Do you remember? Um. No. Coco. Coco. Because remember, remember Mr. Um, the guy, the guy at that, uh, that incompetent company at, at Play Now? Was it, was it Play Now? No, it wasn't Play Now. It was at the, um, oh, it was Kruger. It was the, the, uh, where they smooth statues, that, that, the company. <laughs> remember, and he, he sees George arguing with the guy about who gets to be T-Bone. And oh. he sees him gesticulating and says, he looks like Coco, like Gorilla, you know? Oh, that's right. And then later on that, I think in that same episode, Putty goes, Coco. I like that gorilla. <laughs> Last night I watched the Seinfeld where he has the eight ball jacket. Are you all signs, started? All signs like point to yes. Start from the beginning and you're working through them. Or of what? Seinfeld. No, no, it was um, the kind of TV that's mainly kind of functional television. Oh yeah. Title, which which is where <laughs> I go through and I I go through. There's a wonderful app and wonderful service. I I love this thing. Are you aware of something called channels? Yeah, this is the old thing where before we had streaming, you would your TV would get a whole bunch of different signals separated by channels. Yeah, this is. I think them. you had you had like an HD home run or something at yeah. some point, right? Yeah, uh -huh. I've got yeah. So so basically, it's a couple different parts. I'll make this. Well, I don't care. I'll make it how, however long it wants to be. Right. That's what she said. Yeah. Okay, I'm closing Ivory, and I'm talking to Dan. Hello. Uh -huh. Um, you uh, wait. What was I talking about? Play now. Yeah. No. Kramerica? No. Kramerica so Kramerica Industries. I first a... became of, aware of channels. Well, first of all, there's this idea. You know, you, back in the day, uh, you got your rabbit ears. Rabbit ears, hammer down. You got your rabbit ears, your aerial, as my grandfather called it. And that brings your signal to your, your three channels plus UHF via an antenna. And the thing is, there are still, as some people know, probably, maybe not all listeners of the show, there still are over-the-air channels. Um, and if you live in a place like where I live, you get this kind of antenna that you hang up somewhere in your house or outside if you're fancy. Mm -hmm. And that gives you over-the-air TV, which is, if you've ever sat there waiting for your hot dog to get finished and they're watching Judge Judy, it looks fine until it blows up, that weird kind of digital breaking that happens. Oh, but yeah. you do get OTA channels, sometimes, you know, pretty good quality, HD um, and so originally there are these kind of three parts to this. There's the antenna and that antenna in my case connects to a little box called an HD home run, which is, you could think of it almost like kind of like one aspect of how a TiVo used to work where you could have multiple tuners. So like my direct TiVo in 2001, let me watch and record. I could watch whatever was recorded, but I could record on two channels at once cause it had two tuners. This HD home run takes that signal, OTA, over-the-air mm -hmm. channels, mm -hmm. or signal, and then it has up to four 
uh, receivers, which I, I don't think I, I really doubt I've ever used. But then that gets piped into the service. There's more to it than this, but it's an amazing service called Channels. And um, I can highly recommend this. It's called Get Channels. Now, this thing was super useful when all, quote, all it did was let you watch OTA TV in the way that you wanted to. Right. You could record it. You know, if you, if you don't mind, a, like, what are those called, like, .ts files or whatever, whatever these, like, you get one, you know, six gig episode of MASH. But, <laughs> but here's where it gets neat. And, and this is one of those perilous things where it's only out of a... So, so like, you remember when iTunes, Steve announced they're going to sell, you know, uh, MP3s with no DRM? for 99 cents and you're like what how what how did you ever negotiate that that's we're gonna have that forever that's insane and that similarly something called i think it's called tv Ever anywhere and tv anywhere is a service that if you use in my case hulu if you use in my case fubo mm -hmm. there's something called tv anywhere which i don't know how this black magic works but it's a thing where it's like okay if you've paid for your tv if you paid for your hulu service if you paid for your Fubo service, then we're going to let you do stuff like pipe that into different things. You don't have to just use your, your, especially don't have to use your dumb Comcast cable box or your dumb Comcast DVR. So kind of long story short, Channels is this incredible app and service that can run on lots of different things. It, Channels can run on your phone, your iPad, uh, your Apple TV, you know, brilliantly for me, the main, in the same way that Plex runs on my Synology, Channels runs on my Synology. Mm. And here's what's neat. That gives me one place, which is expressed to me as the application channels, where it's got my 110 over-the-air channels, which is mostly garbage. Well, it's all mostly garbage. But then it's got all my Fubo channels in there mostly. There are some channels that, like well, MSNBC stuff, for example, will not they will not allow it to go with TV anywhere. Mm -hmm. But I got these four little sections where it's like, hey, here's your 100 channels from over the air. Here's your however many channels from Fubo. Here's your however many channels from uh, Hulu, and that presents it all into this one interface that you browse like you would like an old old school like TV guide right. page. Yeah. It's really, really neat. And you know what I use it for? I mean, it's mainly my Jeopardy machine. Because I just, I wish I could just tell it just, just the Ken Jennings ones. I hope that's not sexist. I, I don't like Mayan Bialik. I, I don't like her as a host. I think she waits too long to give the answer. It feels like she's padding. Pregnant pause. Well, I don't know. I've never met her. But, but, um, but, uh, but like, for example, <laughs> right now, last night, I watched an entire week of um, the Jeopardy second chance tournament that just started. So what's neat is now I have this ability, if I just use channels on its, on its own, mm -hmm. it becomes my DVR right. for especially stuff like OTA, but it, also anything that it can get through TV anywhere, and that could be something like a show on CBS or something, sure. that's a good survivor. You subscribe or, you know, the same way that you would, has a pretty good interface for like subscribing to these things. But it does so much more than that. A couple quickies. I only mention this because the developer of this is a friend of a friend. And I specifically, last night at 3 a.m., I texted Casey List to say, hey, please tell your friend the channels guy that I still think his app is incredible. Very well documented. But for example, it uses, um, I don't know the name of all the like acronyms for these things. One thing it does is when it records it, it has a fairly uncanny algorithm for guessing where the commercial is. Mm-hmm based on stuff like it's actually crazy interesting 
did the, did the size of the image change? Was there a blackout? Is there a different logo on the screen? It uses all these little heuristics to figure out where it does a pretty good job. Mm. It does that. Dan, you can also say, like, for, in the same way that you're in Plex, and you say point to, you know, uh, my Synology drive slash Plex slash TV, mm. and that's where your TV shows live. Mm -hmm. You can point channels at your Plex library because it's all in the same Synology for me. And that means I can get at my shows through Plex or through channels or whatever. It does all of that stuff for you. And, and then it's got, here's, the, here's my favorite, my favorite, like, on top of everything else feature. And forgive me if you know this, but somebody may not. It's called virtual channels. Virtual. Have you done this? No, I have not. So you go in and you create a new virtual channel. Mm -hmm. And remember now, channels knows all the things. It knows all the shows, for example, um, it knows all the things on my Plex. It knows all the shows that it's recorded for me. It knows all those things. And in the same way, as think of it as a smart playlist where you can go in and say, I want a virtual channel. This is a thing I've done. I have like five virtual channels. One of my virtual channels is nothing but episodes of Veep. And it runs the entire, <laughs> it's not running it unless I'm watching it, right? It's not like it's running all the time in the usual sense. But if I click on channel 1.1 or whatever, it starts, whatever episode of Veep is in the current order, even at the certain point in the show. Because don't you sometimes just go, I want to just watch an Adventure Time. It yeah, doesn't matter what Absolutely. One. It doesn't have to be Simon Marcy, but it helps it if it's, if it's Simon. Have you watched Fiona and Cake? Oh, the new one out? No, I haven't it's seen it deeply, yet. It's deeply, deeply, deeply important that you watch Fiona and Cake. I will get on it immediately. And I, I, I say that as a, as a kindness to you because you're the one who I first found inscrutable uh, about this. But, you know, you know, Fiona and Cake were like basically an invention of, of Ice King. Yes. Because he was basically fan fiction about Finn and Jake. Right. And then they got their own show. They got, the, they got their own episodes. They got their own comic. This is a whole like arc. And all I'll say is that there's a, of course, there's a portal and there's a crossover between the Adventure Time world and the Fiona and Cake world. Uh. And it's, of course, like surprisingly moving and like much darker than Adventure Time, but it's everything you love about Adventure Time. And a lot of your old friends come back and oh, unusual I wasn't and sure often. because it sounded like they were like done with Adventure Time and I wasn't sure if... They did that one thing... After Adventure Time, I didn't watch, but you know, yeah, they I didn't did the, see it either. I kind of, kind of paid attention to but it. But Fiona and Cake gets my official okie dokie. Okay, all right. It's got oh, you know, the one thing that might bum me out. Of course, there's two voices you're not going to hear. You're not going to hear Justin Roiland as Lem Lemon Grab as Lemon yeah. Grab. And unfortunately, and there's some, there's some drama about this. They didn't get Kumail Nanjiani to do Prismo. Which okay, my well, kid and I were deeply bummed out about. Did they have someone else doing the voices, or just they didn't did? Have and the guy who's doing Prismo does a fan. If you've never heard Prismo before and you're not familiar with Kumail Nanjiani, you, you won't notice anything. If you are familiar with Kumail Nanjiani, remember him? Yeah, nasty jazz, nasty jazz. <laughs> um, God, I love Prismo. And uh, you know, there's a big timeline about basically like this Time Lord cop who goes, and it's it's like a good time travel movie. He goes around through the universe, sends on errands to go fix, you know, timeline problems. Right. And I love stuff like that. Um, but you wouldn't notice it, but like the guy does a great job. So here's the drama, according to Billy, my kid, is that Kumail Nanjiani says, "I, w I something along the lines of, I would have been happy to do that, but they didn't ask me." And the uh, Fiona and Cake people say, uh, yeah, you know what? We reached out to his people, I guess. And, and they said he wasn't interested. So mm. who knows? Mm. But um, 
and it's 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 you could almost think of i don't want to say too much but you like you watched adventure time you've seen the whole thing oh yeah everything right yeah. so like you remember the stuff with simon and marcy you remember the stuff with betty like, yeah i remember simon all this. this all starts because simon is trying to find betty right and then we meet a very like the the simon like who was not at all ice king no it involves the crown you know the magic keeps him alive but it's making him crazy right you know what i'm saying is he steals steals marceline's fries and you know, it's, it's interesting version. because, like, he's reluctant at first to wear the hat, uh, the crown, rather, at all. He knows. Well, I think I think there's t- Mar- Simon and Marcy is one of my favorite episodes of TV ever. I, yeah, I watched it again the other night. Show. Well, and it's so p- great. That whole arc, like, there's the, um, I Remember You is arguably even more crushing in its way because Ice King just doesn't, you know, know what's going on. But um, uh, he doesn't want to do it because he knows every time he puts on the crown – it's turning him into this thing that he doesn't want to be. Right. But I also love in Simon and Marcy. I also love that he doesn't do it because it scares Marcy. Right. You know, right. got to get her some chicken soup. Clambulance. <laughs> um, and uh, so you go in and create a virtual channel. So like, I have one that's just episodes of Veep. I have another one. They have a feature called Mini Marathon, and you say, you know what, Vir- new virtual channel, virtual channel two. I really like these shows. I like the Mike Sure averse like i love i love parks and rec or you could say like i love the office you could say i love seinfeld and these are all shows that are in also wellington paranormal um flight of the concords these are all shows that my kid and i will just watch any episode anytime at a heartbeat and one of the functionalities is something called mini marathons where you just say you point it at here's these six shows that everybody loves every episode of mostly and you say, show me blocks of three consecutive episodes at a time of these shows. So you might watch three episodes from, and you can just, you know, however you want, but it's, it's actually crazy useful to do this in channels. And it says, you know, hey, here's these three episodes of Adventure Time. Here's three episodes of Seinfeld. Here's three episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's incredibly powerful. You go to getchannels.com. And, and thank you very much for supporting 5 by 5 and Back to Work. <laughs> That's, that was the spot. That's our, you know, the gender swap. That's the thing. <laughs> so you got Finn and Jake. Oh, you know, and everybody comes back like Martin, you know, oh, um, yeah? Finn's dad. You get, I mean, I'm talking like choose goose, Ricardio. I mean, uh, oh, who's the guy I hate? Fucking magic man. Sorry. Magic man. Yeah. He's a pain. He's, I hate he's, that guy. Yeah. I don't like him. I don't think but you're then, supposed to because no one likes him. Yeah, I mean, he and Choose Goose, it's, it's a little much sometimes. But, you know, I think that's the idea. But I, I want to tell about the uh, What about the old lady, the little elephant lady? <laughs> Apples? Yeah, her. <laughs> tree trunks. There tree is trunks. some tree trunks material in this. Okay. But right. you got to remember, this is all real screwed up, multiple universe things. And, you know, while I'm here, I'm not going to find it for notes because I know I won't. Check out the Ryan North comic from and does this, years ago. Does this I, I, re, help me remember because yes. I'm, I'm having trouble remembering. Yes. Did the Ice King, was this his sort of fan fiction or does it really exist in, in, in real life and he tapped into it? What's... Okay, so th- if there is a downside to this show, and, and this, is, this is, you know, one of those things where you say in a job, job interview, well, I say my biggest negative is, any, if anything, is I try too hard. If there's any <laughs> negative to this show, it's that, oh my gosh, if you, you need to be, to fully appreciate what is happening mm. before you even get into the redonkulous number of Easter eggs and mm. oh my God, it's that character in the background and this thing happening or, you know, that there's Hambo 
like in a, in a frame, that, that kind of stuff, which is so rewarding. Dan, there's so much going on in this show, and it is it is completely fearless. It, I think this these folks know their audience. Mm-hmm. They're totally fearless about going deeply into Adventure Time lore, which became a, a big deal for a lot of us. Like, what's the deal with the Mushroom War? And, right. And I I can barely follow the plots. My kid has no problem at all. But like, there's so much going on for you to fully feel the way you feel when you watch Adventure Time. You really need to watch it. But that's, I mean, that's the thing. I wouldn't start with Fiona and Cake, um, but it's its pretty deeply rewarding. And mm-hmm. a la sort of a Shadow of the Colossus thing, mm. th- through no fault of her own, Fiona kind of becomes the monster. Oh, really? And like, yeah, like, like, like kills a bunch of candy because, you know, she needed to. Yeah. But then also, you know, his back is, um, is, uh, is it the Manticore? It's I love not the Billy. Mantic. It's the Manticore is great. It's not Billy. Great. It's not the Lich. It's it might be Hunt. It might be the version of Marcy's dad. But the the big bad in this is somebody who's wearing Simon's crown. And then the question becomes like we've got this remote control. Oddly enough, remember when Marcy hits the grape soda can and goes mute? Like, <laughs> yeah. There's a, a remote control is very important in this because that's what they're using to move through dimensions. It's ah. what Simon uses. Uh, anyway, I won't spoil it, but that show gets my official okie dokie, as does the Adventure Time comic by Ryan North. Okay. So I want to thank everybody for supporting 5x5 <laughs> and Back to Work. How are you, Dan? I am doing good. I got something new to watch now. Yeah, it's on HBO. Boy, we're watching, we're watching Station Eleven, and I mean... Am I losing my goddamn mind? This is this is like, you know, gosh, this is the second time this week I've mentioned 1984, and I hate myself. But you know the way that Winston Smith's job is to like change things from the past to make it align mm-hmm. with what yeah you know, yeah the, the he's rewriting he's rewriting history. He's and then he has a literal memory it. hole. He right. has this little mailbox with a fire in it that he dumps the old <laughs> version that, That's right. that has never now <laughs> never been true. Right. Which is a, a tremendous nod to Stalinist yeah, like, reality yeah. at yeah. the time. Yeah, um, you know, you can just airbrush. You know, Trotsky. Yeah, was, he pictures. was ne- he was never next to me in that. Yeah, photo. why is Trotsky was, wearing New Balance? That's by myself. That's me. Is me, Joe mm-hmm. Stalin. Uh, this is my grod. Grod, grod, glob, grob, grob, <laughs> Stalin, grob. You know, that's not funny. I, that's that's not even a hat on a hat. That's, that's like a yamaka on a yamaka, uh-huh. like, a, like a nested Pringle hat. <sighs> The other day, my son's like, "Dad, how do how do yarmulkes stay on? Like they, um, they just sit, they just stay on." Faith, he's like, he's like, "Don't you pin it? Uh, you can pin it. You don't have to pin it. I mean, if you're what, if what you're wearing in, it all day uh, what long, do, what's that show I like? Unconventional, Orthodox. What do they do? What a Yankee do? Well, I Yankee mean, has the big hat. He's got the fur hat. A lot of the time, if you're Orthodox and you're wearing it all day, you usually have a smaller yarmulke, and and you do pin that, like a travel yarmulke." I think it's just a daily yarmulke, but if you're if you're like going to oh, services, like EDC they call it, yeah, right, right. If you're going to services, then I think you're probably just putting one of the ones that they give you, or maybe you have your own. And he's <laughs> he's asking me all these questions about it. I said, "Do you just want to try one on?" He's like, "Yeah." I didn't go through some boxes, but I found the one that I had on my bar mitzvah, and I you still got that. That's so sweet. Yeah, and uh, and I let him try that one on, and how, it, how do you he's like, like it? he's like it just. Dad, it just stays on. I'm like, I told you. It Making your on. way in the world today takes everything you got. <laughs> That's right. He blows away all the slime creatures. <laughs> They're gone. Cheers. Cheers also figures the Cheers song, which you'll remember from Simon and Marcy. Also. I love that one. You know, th- oh That's in there too? The Cheers song figures in the plot. Okay. All right. 
deeply, deeply rewarding. Now, um, while you were watching that and Seinfeld, mm-hmm. I've been rewatching uh, the movie Vice. Do you remember that movie? Did you watch that movie? Vice. Vice. It is about Dick Cheney and Christian oh, right. Bale With plays Sam, Sam Rockwell? Uh, Sam Rockwell plays George Bush. Right. Um, Dick Cheney is played by it's Christian it's Bale. It's that one guy. It's that guy that used to do funny movies. It's serious now, right? It's um, Steve Carell. No, that's he plays Rumsfeld. Right? Yes. No, but it's what's the name? Is it Judd Apatow or somebody? It's it's the it's the preachy guy who used to be funny. Who directed it? Uh, who directed it? Um, is it is it David Addington who directed hmm. that? How that's do you it. like it? I, I mean, I remember at the time the notices were that, you know, it was a little bit No, Adam broad. McKay. Adam McKay. Directed. That's it. The guy, the, the Will Ferrell guy. Had the falling out with Will Ferrell. Um, uh, what people, what I remember people saying, and first of all, I got to say, I'm, I'm a Sam Rockwell stan. Like, yeah, he's great. He's a god in our house. It just, he's just, he's such a good dancer. He's so delightful. What I remember people saying at the time was it's a little broad, but Christian Bale perhaps unsurprisingly turns in yet another one of his like fully committed performances. You know, because I remember, I, you know what I did watch it. Does it start out at the beginning and he's kind of a bully in a pickup truck? Yeah, exactly. I do. I, you know what? I did start it once. And what I watched, I watched this movie, I think around the time that it came out, which was, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. It says 2018. And that sounds probably about when I watched it. And that late. Wow. I remember that I liked it, you know, mm-hmm. but I wasn't like, it wasn't, like, I wasn't like, wow, this is a great movie. It doesn't seem like very serious in some ways. There are some things that they do, though, in it that are really, really great. And they mess with you as a viewer. They do some things to that. totally fake you out. I love being messed with as a viewer. And the thing the thing that really gets you in this is, like, there's so many really good people in it. Christian Bale is in it. Um, Amy Adams is in it. Uh, oh, there's she, so many really, really she, great um, people Lynn, in this movie. Lynn Cheney? No, who, who's Amy Adams? Yeah, that's who she plays, the wife. And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's it's so oh, I good. Love her so it's much. so good. And I mean, it, like you could just, like it's crazy how good this thing is. And yeah, I mean, parts of it are funny and it's a little bit weird. The one thing, the one thing that happens is Cheney has like... <laughs> One of his numerous heart attacks. Yeah, and, and every time he has a heart attack, he'll be standing there and he'll be like, uh, yes, we need to do this. And um, I think I need to go to the hospital. Yeah. And he does that like 10 times in the movie. Oh and it's God. so it's it's actually like, I didn't really, I don't know why, but like I didn't have the perspective on this movie the first time I watched it as I did like this time. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, it, I'm putting it now up there with the big short and other movies oh, like really? uh, like that as far as like movies that I, I can love, now I just rewatched just I, I rewatch the big short every four to six months. That's what I'm saying. This is now in that rotation for me. Oh my great God. movie. Great movie. Also, another great Christian Bale, Michael Burry. I like you know, I like Christian Bale and I'm realizing that I, too. I don't I didn't know how much I liked him. Yeah, and like, do you remember that thing that happened where like some radio show played this on-scene thing where he was yelling at a crew member? Yes, yes. It might have been during the Dark Knight. No, yeah, I, I, I remember, remember was, what but, you're talking about. And like, I don't know, like, at the time, and even at the time, I was like, hmm, yeah. okay. Because, you know, everybody's like, oh my God, Christian Bale. He's so unkind. He's so unprofessional. And then a lot of people who actually do this stuff for a living. And I think even some people who were there are like, you know what? There was a guy like standing in his sightline and you do not stand. It's just, it's one of those things. It's like, I don't know, like eating on a podcast. <laughs> like you don't stand in the talent sightline, especially if it's effing Christian Bale. Yeah. 
and he'd like tried to be cool about it and the guy kept doing it and he finally lost it because man that's really hard work well you know like most of us are not professional actors no and we can only assume that if he has a problem with it, that, that there's a reason. He's trying to deliver a certain performance and get, you know, get out of the guy's you way. Station Eleven? Station Eleven. Is that the movie with the two robots and uh, Charles Dern is like the, alone in the space station? And Frank? He, he's got a oh, he's talking about robots. Silent Running. This is different? Yeah, Bruce Dern. Yeah, Bruce Dern. No, actually, it was Charles Durning. I would watch a movie with Charles Durning from, from the great movie Tootsie was alone on a ship with like a like a like one of those little... Uh, Doesn't Bruce Stern have a brother, though? One of those little Jack Jack Purvis robots. He, he's got a daughter named Laura. Same. That's a shame. She's a dish. Bruce Stern. My kid just read Jurassic Park and then read The Lost World. He, he has declared it, uh, them both to be page turners. Oh, nice. Oh, you know what? You know what we just watched? We just watched uh, with my son and I. We watched uh, The Watchmen. Again, I, I like that movie. He had I had showed it to him when he was much younger, and I just fast forwarded through the hard on that movie. You know? I fast forwarded through the uh, couple scenes, and oh, fast over, daddy! You mean like the pool table? Yeah, the pool table, and then the uh, Carla, they, you know what, Carla Gugino, she's also a dish. When they take Archie out, uh, I have fast forwarded through that scene. You know, and like. I don't know. But now he's, of course, he's old enough. He's seen everything. And so he's like, dad, you don't have to fast forward through the scenes this time. I want to see the whole movie. Yeah. But like the scene with, you know, where he kind of becomes Rorschach at the little assault shack. When he's a kid. Oh, there's that. Oh, in that scene with the dogs. But like, yeah. And with the, with, it's so, remember that one, there's that one issue. There's an amazing issue of Watchmen called Fearful Symmetry where, I mean, you either know this or you don't. It's not a spoiler. It's, uh. I think it comes roughly almost exactly in the middle of the run. It's like episode, or it's like issue five or six. Mm-hmm. Remember this? And from a graphic perspective, the story plays the same forwards and backwards. Mm-hmm. And then on one page, you see the mirror of like where, do you know what I'm talking about? So there's, anybody go check this out. Am I crazy? There's, a, there's an issue of Watchmen from 1980, whatever, called Fearful Symmetry. And like when you get to the center page, like where the staple would be, like you'll see like on the left page, is a thing that you're seeing on the right page is the same thing, but almost a mirror image. But it's not a mirror image in like a Jim Steranko kind of way, but in like a, because all, you know, usually Dave Gibbons is using that, that same grid for almost every page ever. But it's, God, I, I can get my head so far up my ass about Watchmen. Mm. It's embarrassing. And the stuff with the clocks. Mm-hmm. The stuff with the smiley face, the stuff mm-hmm. with the blood. I mean, I love it all. And boy, it's it's worth going back and reading. I mean, you wouldn't have something like Transmetropolitan w- without Watchmen. Like something where every frame tells. And I personally, because I really, partly because I just love a lot of the people in it and I love the way it's made. It's it's ironic to me. I really feel like I am at the loneliest lunch table in the world. <laughs> title <laughs> because i do not like hardly anything Zack snyder has done i mean pound for pound it's yeah. nothing against him personally but like just not your style well there's that it's one okay. with the girls at the school which is so gross what's it oh, called Puppet ladies or something i know the one you're talking about i've never seen that oh movie. it's so gross and like I mean, the, 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 the slow motion DC movies where it's just a lot of slow motion yeah. dust. It's like, it's, I think Watchmen, yes, we all agree. It's one of the greatest. greatest is that sequences. Sucker Punch that you're talking about? I, it is. Yeah. But I like Watchmen. I own 
own with money three different versions of that. I've got like I've got the theatrical, I've got the like extended, and then I've got the like the full one. Mm-hmm. And you there's a full edition of that that I think is four hours long that includes all of the comic. Oh like really? Everything from the what's called the black um the curse of the black well, no not the curse of the black pearl. You know what I'm talking about the guy who survives the shipwreck. Oh yeah. The yeah. but that has the entire animation of the entire that entire comic book interleaved into the movie instead of just segments. Like you see him on that terrible raft he had to make, but like you get the entire thing. He's gonna go home and he's gonna try and help. Turns out he didn't help. So does Dr. Manhattan when he's Big Hog. Big when, Hog. So I have a couple questions. You know, it's Billy Crudup. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good actor. It's Billy Crudup. Billy Crudup from Almost Famous and from um, Spotlight. So does does Dr. Manhattan you know, he exists sort of outside of time, or at least his mind does. Mm. Right? A little bit? Um, I, I don't, I, don't I, I wouldn't want to get in a fight with a nerd about it, but I think it's just that it reminds me a little bit of the Trial of Amadorians in Slaughterhouse-Five, where his experience of time, like he might be living in the same universe we are, but he experiences time so differently. And that's why he's able to, in that slightly a, a, a Aspie way, say things like, it's 1984, I'm doing this, mm-hmm. I am, uh, I have the watch, my father is a watchmaker. Like, But yeah, yeah, he definitely experiences it. And he is obviously like, because of the radiation, like superhuman. But is is he, when he's experiencing time in that way, is that for the, the whole of his life? past, present, and what we who are stuck in So it's kind time. of like an Arrival, you know, the movie Arrival, right. where I certainly try not to spoil Arrival, except that everybody should see it, except John Syracuse, who thinks Amy Adams is a monster, and I hate him for that. What? Yeah. But, like, think about the, 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 the kind of what that movie does with you, where you learn that, oh, the order these things happened in is not what I expected. Right. Right? Where she's... Right, I, I think that's one way to look at it. Like the trial Famidorians say that like, they just don't understand the way humans see time. Their analogy for humans is trial Famidorians who have a, a, a toilet plunger for a head of memory serves, see, see uh, humans as being like strapped to a train car with a tube staring at the sky. Like they can't see the entire world around them because right. there's only this one point in time that they can grok right. at, at a time. So the question you're asking, like, is it sort of retroactive? Or like, you know, in, in a time travel thing, does the loop or the timeline begin at the point of time travel or what's the impact on the past? Well, kind of. I don't it, think he retro I don't think he retroactively, like when he's buying no, that's not right. So he makes her the earrings, but that's when he's already Dr. Manhattan. But like the, when they're courting and the photo is taken, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that is, well, I don't know. I don't know because I mean, because to be a full thing, Dr. Manhattan, it would have to go both ways, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because at the one point he's like, she's like, he's like, I already know how this ends. And she's like, how does it end? He's like, with you in tears. And she's like, yes. see, no tears. There's nothing happening. I'm not crying. And of course it winds up with her in tears because he could see the future. But then he also can't see past a certain point because it's like a tachyon flood of something. Yeah, he's got ta- tachyon interference. So uh, without spoiling so he can't anything. know it already happened 35 minutes ago. Right. So without spoiling it, once a tachyon interference has been passed, does that mean he can then see the future again? I don't know. And by seeing the future and the things I that I thought are, the tachyon interference was 
a, a result of the upcoming event? It was, but once okay. the event took place, then he's free of that, right? He's past the tachyon interference, I would assume. Back to work, as they say. And he could see the future, right? I don't, I don't know. Again? I don't know. I, I want to coin, I, I can't, I'm not ready to coin a phrase yet, but there's a phrase that needs to be coined. And I'm the, my, my thumbnail sketch for this would be the Rogue One problem. Where like every time a Star Wars movie ha has come out since <laughs> roughly 1999, I'm so nervous in some ways. Like I'm so excited. Like being, I cry the first time I was in a theater with my kid and the big blare comes up and the crawl starts. I was, I was literally crying. I was like, talk about tachyon interference. Yeah. Like I'm sitting here with my kid who's younger than I was when I saw Star Wars and me and my apparently wife and child are watching Star Wars. It's like, it was really, you know, kind of overwhelming, but that's also so stressful. And by the time you get to this, the Ryan Johnson movie, it's like, I'm in there and my shoulders are up around my ears. Cause mm. I'm like, is this good? Is this good? I hope this is good. And like, there's some, there's some movies that you have a feeling about at the time that, in my estimation, has a lot to do with things like expectations, popular opinion, like whether you're having a good day, maybe. But in the case of Rogue One, I came back to Rogue One last year, or whenever Andor came out, I went back and watched Rogue One. Jesus, what a fun movie. That's, that's a fun Star Wars Rogue movie. Rogue One is really the most fun of, of yeah, modern, of the, modern yeah, yeah. And it's But it's also like, you know, like the Ryan Johnson movie, it's like, hey, if you guys want steaks, I'll give you steaks. Like this is big stuff, and yeah. it's it's a little corny the way it ends with you know, the you know, boarding, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, I need a name for that because there are movies that like you, you just the, there's this din of public opinion. Like it's really fashionable to like hate the Eagles, and to hate Watchmen. It's just a thing. And it's, it's one of the worst aspects to me of nerd culture is this whole like game of telephone where it's like, well, can you articulate in for your own reasons about why you thought that wasn't successful or why that wasn't enjoyable? Mm -hmm. Are you just, are you just trying to be like, I don't know, the like Ubuntu guy, like, and there's so many movies like that. And I think, I think Watchmen might be one of those. I say, give it a, I don't know, who cares? People have stuff to do, but I think it's a great movie. So I, but I need a name for that phenomenon where it's like, once I get a little bit of chronological and metaphysical distance from something, I can go back and see it on its own terms in a way that like, maybe that was just the wrong night for me. I still can't find the right night to watch Brick because I know I'm going to love it. It's just that every time I start watching, I'm like, oh, I'm not in the mood for this. And I really need to be in the mood for this. And like, I don't want that to be added to the pile of movies that are like, man, it wasn't what I expected. I like Ryan Johnson. Well, Yeah. So there's, I put an article into the show notes. Oh, good. Let me look. That talks about the Dr. Manhattan perception of time. I'll read a little bit of it for a second because I find it interesting because it's made me start yeah, thinking about a bunch of other things. Dr. Manhattan sees all moments of time simultaneously, more or less. There's a scene in which the readers are shown his perspective at a certain moment through a series of flashbacks that also tells his backstory. At the same time, he seems to experience himself in the future as well. Admittedly, when it becomes necessary for him to not see what happens later in the plot, a stream of tachyons... <laughs> right, we, we, need, we, need a way, we need a way to depower Superman here. Yeah, yeah. A stream of tachyons traveling backwards from something dramatic happening in the future obscures his sight of it, 
which sounds more as if he can see the future, but still exists more in the present, even mentally as a consequence. It could be that's like the equivalent of not having his glasses on. Yeah. He sees everything still there, but he can't see it. He sees everything people do as inevitable. Even what he does himself. He also says he's unable to change what he sees happening in the future. When someone asks him whether that makes him a mere puppet, he replies that we are all puppets and he is just a puppet who can see the strings. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's, it's kind of his segment in that movie is one of my favorite parts. Partly just, I love the Philip glass music. Yeah. (laughs) I love Billy Crudup's voice. Yeah. He's so good. He's narrating it. He's so good. Also, I have a few notes from along the way here. One is that um, I am acquainted with the guy who did some of the effects on that movie. My friend Joe Rosensteel, you remember when the nervous system shows up in the cafeteria? Yes. Joe worked on that. Oh, that's cool. He's very talented. I also want to point to my letterboxed and my son's letterboxed, uh, or as John Syracuse insists on calling it letterbox D. It's not a <laughs> demon. You're a <laughs> demon, John. You're a goddamn demon. You're running all the time in my brain. But it makes you wonder. Runaway process, more it, like runaway bride. What? It makes you wonder if we actually notes. have my letterbox, my kids' letterboxes. If we actually have any free will at all, or if it just feels like we have free will. There is an article that I was reading very recently. I'll have to try to find it. Um, actually, I might be able to because I sent it to my to my mom. But one of the articles that you, I was you, reading, you've always sent it to your mom. I've always, and I always will. Um, is that there's an article uh, where it says, oh, here it is. Decisions in the brain occur before you're conscious of them. And they say that the brain's motor cortex can be detected 300 milliseconds before a person feels they've decided to move. And then they did another study where subjects were asked to press one of two buttons while watching the clock. So it becomes kind of unconscious? Yeah. They said the experimenters used functional magnetic resonance imaging or what what you would call fMRI FMRI, to show the two brain regions contained information about which button subjects would press a full seven to 10 seconds before the decision was consciously made. So in a way, even if you have free will, your brain is actually making choices before you're conscious of the choice. But your brain, your brain will also come up with a reason why you did it. Later, yes. Yes, I mean, like, or even as you've done it, in a second, I'm going to point to a video that's, that blew my mind about this. But yeah, like, like functionally, as you say, like an MRI, your brain comes up with reasons why things happen. And, right, so like, well, why'd you do that? And then you come up with a reason for it. And it's like, well, you know, is that really the reason it happened? If you were fixing to do it before you knew you were going to do it? Right, and there's an article in Scientific American, I'll put in the show notes too, that talks about free will being an illusion, and they talk about this in Buddhism as well. But if you think about it, you know, maybe it's, maybe we're going through the li- through our lives with the illusion of free will. It feels like we're making decisions. It feels like we're doing things. But in reality, everything is just inevitable. Everything is going to happen the way that it happens. And perhaps it's happened this way before and will Which also always then happen. It's this an, way an in the unavoidable future. thing that will come up when you talk about time travel trouble stuff because yeah. as most nerds know there are, there's like two general kinds of ways to handle timelines yeah. one of which is closer to what the science suggests is possible right but you know yeah i mean you can really so i put i put a link in, in uh, to a five minute video by the great cgp gray called you are two very essential viewing that this is one of he's, he's made several videos that just live rent free in my brain mm. and one of them is this and he shows like there's these these so I think it's the corpus callosum, the thing that unites the two 
hemispheres. Mm. And if for for some reason, because of an accident or because of you know disease or whatever, you've had to you can sever somebody's corpus callosum, and they'll still continue to live a almost completely normal life, but the hemispheres aren't talking to each other. And you learn a lot right. about how the brain operates in the when you have an abs the absence of of that. I think that's what it's called. Whatever the connecting part is, I'm not a neuroscientist, but like you learn a lot about like what you have, what your, what your brain comes up with to explain why you did something. Mm -hmm. And if, if you watch this, I think it'll, you might find it thought provoking because it, yeah, sure. You go like, well, why did you, if your left eye sees this and your right eye sees that, and why'd you choose that? Well, your brain will come up with a reason why you do that that involves your agency mm -hmm. when actually that may not be the thing that's actually going on. And boy, does that ever apply to so many things in life where, you know, we've all got our reasons for why we do things, but is that really why we did it? Or was it because we were having a bad day? Dan, where would people find show notes for episode 626? Oh, backtowork.limo slash 626 is the place We, we went right past 616 and didn't make a joke about it. Oh, that was our universe. That was our universe. And we do have a sponsor. Oh, we do? Yeah. Huh. Because we didn't go last week. Yeah. Who, who's the sponsor, Dan? It's Squarespace. Squarespace! It's the all-in-one all platform for building your brand and growing your business online. They're going to help you stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. It could be a product. It could be content you make. It could even be your time. Mm. So if you're starting a new side hustle, if you're building a, you know, a, a, a beautiful website that's going to showcase your engagement or a party or you're selling some amazing thing that you made and you got to ship it around. Like they've got you covered for all of this stuff. Uh, they have the tools that you need to get your business off the ground. They've got e-commerce templates. Sure. But you're also going to get inventory management. You get a checkout, simple checkout process, secure payments built in. Maybe you're doing like a buy appointment business. You're going to be a personal trainer. You're doing consulting. You're a general contractor. You could do that. They also have online booking and scheduling. Mm -hmm. So you I would, can, I, would, I would use that for, for my consulting. I would exactly. And you can see your own availability. They let, they can reschedule with you all right there on the website. And of course, it also just makes beautiful websites too. Like you just have a project that you want to make a site for. You can do it with Squarespace. You can do anything with Squarespace. They made a special URL for our listeners to visit. Squarespace.com slash it's your show. When you go there, you get a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, you can use the offer code it's your show. You'll get 10% off your first purchase of a website. Now you might also just want to register a domain name. Square, Squarespace or place. Squarespace yes. is a wonderful place to go just to get a domain as well. Yes. You can go yes. there and register a domain and use that promo code. It's your show. They, they know this stuff. Even that. if you, whether or not you know the stuff that you need to do. So X, Y problem, right? You're like, ah, I got to get a website. But you know, like, oh, what does it mean to get a website? Well, if you knew how to make a website, you probably already have a website. That That's the thing. They know what you need. They're like, hey, 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 you, Dan. Dan Benjamin, you you want you want to get a domain name for that and, and for your cool site, and now you can sell you can uh, your business of uh, applying nail tips or tips about nails. That's right. Hi, well, welcome offering, to nail tips. Offering tips about nails. Today we're going to do a deep dive on ten penny nails. There you go. Half penny, two penny. That was a song by Styx. We'll, we'll give them one more time. What's the CTA for that? They are going to go to squarespace.com/slash. It's your show, and when, show. once there. Mm -hmm. Use the code It's Your Show. You'll save ten percent off of first purchase of a website or a domain. Uh, and that and that's all I've got to say about that. Thank you very much to Squarespace for supporting Five by Five, Merlin Man, and the Back to Work program. Thank you, Squarespace. Buck buck. Um, 
how this goddamn program make me use? How long have we been recording? Forty three minutes, forty seven seconds. Oh, so we can do a little more, right? Yeah. Um, I want to do some log rolling. Uh, that's germane to this program, which is I did my not annual but occasional visit to with uh, Max Sparky on Mac Power Users. Oh yeah, always a very fun visit for me. I. I really enjoy talking to David, and so Stephen. Stephen was away uh, doing podcastathon for the St. Jude um, fundraising effort, which apparently went very well. Mm. Yay! Yay! Relay! Great job, team! And uh, but I was, I guess, to, you know, w- with David, and it was it was really nice. It's always really nice, and you know, given that I'm kind of, I mean, this shows a little bit of an exception when it's about work and getting back to it, but I'm kind of out the biz of like, you know, talking a lot about computer things yeah. and talking a lot about productivity things. And it's always fun and refer- refreshing and almost purging mm. to like get to visit with somebody and really nerd out. And um, so I re- it's in show notes for this episode. It's called Getting Some Wisdom with Merlin Man. It's about my ongoing quest for an iOS test manager. Task matter. Uh, spoiler alert: I'm I'm kind of back on OmniFocus for now, which is wild. Well, that's interesting. This we is... talked a lot about task managers, but the task manager discussion led to some deeper things that you and I talk about a lot, mm. Dan. Which is like some of the task, some of my, the problem with my journey of task management, which is not a complicated, difficult thing to me. Part of why it's so bewildering. It's not like I can't find things that do enough. I can't find enough. I can't find things that do enough fast. And uh, and so th- that ended up being interesting to me to talk about some things with the things that are potentially, as we say in the business world, risks and opportunities for Apple, and you know how they're handling stuff. We also talked about the Wisdom Project, which I'm always happy to talk about. Mm-hmm. I just want to mention, so I want to commend you all if you want two hours of me. You know, sometimes I remember to take my medicine, and I talk a lot. <laughs> And Do you talk times, more when you take the medicine or less when you take the medicine? I talk better. Yeah. We talk pretty one day. Yeah. But um, two things from that, because it's always two things with me. Um, nice, nice section talking about dictation, which is something you and I have talked about a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mention it here because like, I liked our discussion about it. I like when I get real riled up and be like, you know, all, all like, uh, hey, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're really smart. And you know about this, but like, are you using this? Mm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I use the example of showing my brother-in-law how AirPods Pro works with adaptive sound and for, for hearing people with hearing issues, like the stuff it can do, and how I think it's still pretty difficult to bubble that stuff up. I'm, I was back and forth today with Rogue Amoeba about something that's not their fault. I'm almost what positive. Ha- well, but, what happened? Well, you know, it's this problem I've been having for a, almost a year, really, with HomePods. We're like, it's a long story, but basically my HomePods... It's confused about MAC addresses, I think. It's confused about what's this stereo pair. And I, I said to Chris, the helper person, hello, Chris, you know, I bet it's at this point it's like having Windows in the 90s where you're probably just better off to completely reset your HomePod every year. Like, just start over. Like, there's so much stuff where, like, it, the HomePod just doesn't hear me. It just it, it can't connect. It, all these things. So I'm just going to zero it out. But, boy, is that ever a black box for something that was initially presented as like the, the most basic, this is going to make your life better device has turned into such a rabbit hutch for me. And remember, I'm the guy who used Home Assistant and then removed Home Assistant <laughs> because I couldn't get my HomePods to work right. Right, yeah. But like you look at stuff like so many aspects of Siri apart from dictation, you know, Apple TV, 
uh, all these little adventures that they, they <laughs> gaming, all these things that they feign enthusiasm about exactly twice a year and then just sits dormant, like how kind of frustrating that is. And like right now more than ever, like has there ever been more of a time where you're like, wow, I'm ready for some really great stuff to happen with Siri. I haven't said this a lot. Now is the time for that. Well, I'll tell you why I think that is that the Apple Vision Pro stuff is not particularly personally interesting to me. I think it's exciting because new stuff means new stuff and new stuff means, you know, new chips and it rising tide raises all boats. Apple, the, the stake in the ground that I've been pretty clear about for years is as long as Apple is continuing to make, to produce on the reg better versions of their products, we're moving in the right direction. When they just stop doing that for a while, or like they just kind of, it's a, it's a product that remains in our lineup kind of things, that's a pink flag to me. But, um, but, but so I just, I thought it was, I thought it was an interesting discussion and it wasn't, it wasn't all negative, but you know, I just, I mentioned it here because I want to just really remind people of something. And I know you know this cause you're smarter than the average bear mm -hmm. really want y'all, if you have an iPhone or, you know, iPad, but especially an iPhone, I would really love it if you would start trying to use, hit that microphone and use dictation more. I know Dan knows this and I know you know this, but like, I could, I could do some demos for you, although my demos are notoriously the worst. It's the thing that is most known about me in the house is like my most successful, the only good successful demo I've had in the last month is showing my wife the Snoopy watch face. Everything else just falls apart in a shower of sparks, not David Sparks, but you know, the bad kind. Cause like I can never get anything to work, but like I could do the most mind blowing demos for you where I was, I was saying this to, to Max Sparky, an example of this, and I'll repeat myself here, but you know, it takes, there's so much, we've, as we've said here, QED, there's so much resistance to using a voice assistant. I feel like there's so much resistance to using Siri for dictation. And I think that is all extremely understandable. And my thesis statement is that when voice assistants don't do what you expected, it is you who feels stupid mm -hmm. and it is you that builds resistance to using it. We've seen this with waves and waves of Siri getting better, getting worse, getting whatever. But like from the very first time you talked to the lady in a tube to me screaming in the, in the shower on Sunday to please play, turn it on again by Genesis. And it doesn't hear me and goes, I can't connect. This is taking too long. This is taking too long. That's my droid voice. I like it. I mean, it, it tracks. Roger, Roger. Why is General, General Grievous' heart so exposed? Is it because he's just vulnerable romantically? <coughs> oh, wow. I think, I mean, it's right there, isn't it, floating in there? Yeah, it's very real. Like, would you do that? Like, if someone's like, I'll just take the hood of your car off and drive around. Yeah, like, do you really need to carry all those lightsabers with you? But, but well, they're um, his trophies. They're from the 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 Jedi's. Yes, I know. I understand that. And he's got all the arms, and we get it. You know, it's like Chekhov's lightsaber title but um but you are you getting all these dan yeah so here's thank you here's the thing um the example i gave that i will repeat here because i can't think of a better example is like okay so first of all just stipulated there is a resistance to using a technology when even if you think you understand it it doesn't do what you expected mm -hmm. it's frustrating yeah like sometimes i i'm pretty positive i correctly set an alarm on my watch like last night i made soft boiled eggs for a snack mm. and oh, I had it with some leftover steak. It was very, oh, very primordial. Nice. And, um, uh, my wife made a really good steak and, um, 
If, but the thing is, if I don't get that alarm, now I got hard eggs. And that's no good. Like, where'd that go wrong? I don't know. Sometimes on this Apple Watch at this time of day, I guess, sometimes it gets confused. I don't know why. But like, we build, I build, I'll use I statements. I feel very resistant to continually use a technology that even occasionally, but especially if it often, doesn't do the thing that I expected. If I say, play Turn It On Again by Genesis, and it doesn't do that in a reasonable amount of time, we can all like we can all sit around and you know uh, and smoke our pipes and talk about why that is. Is it internet weather? Mm -hmm. Is it my Aeris surfboard is in a bad mood today? Is it what? But the point is, I've stopped yelling <laughs> in the shower because what used to work eighty plus percent of the time now very rarely works, and now I'm just yelling in the shower. And oddly enough, even for somebody with no dignity like me, that makes me resistant to using it. But here's there, if there's 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 like I feel like there's a couple things in the Apple ecosystem that are pretty strong right now, and it the nexus of that is things like using Siri to create a reminder. Hey Dingus, remind me to to get grapes when I leave the office in three hours. That works pretty dependably. But try the dictation thing. Mm -hmm. And the example I give, we're going back and forth, and the family says, you know, I say, what do you want for dinner? And I'm typing because that's what you do with your thumbs on the phone. But then. If I remember to, and I am increasingly causing myself to remember to hit the dictation button, I'm blown away by how much better dictation has gotten. And they've talked about this. You may have heard this, it may have slid off your brain, but dictation has been pretty good. I think very usably good mm -hmm. via Siri, especially on iOS, has been good f better for at least a year. Just and apropos of nothing, that is also a period of time in which my iOS typing has gone in the turlet, like bad. I don't know what it is, but I just don't type as well. But now what are they doing? Well, they're doing the ML stuff where it's like learning what you meant to type with your thumbs, which is nice. But something that I introduced, in, I believe, in 17, this has been in the beta since June, mm -hmm. is that now when you hit that little microphone and start talking, you'll see that your little cursor is now a microphone. And you, so you know that you're recording and you're talking. And if you're like me, you're probably looking at how it's doing with what you're saying. Once you get more confident, you can do this without looking. Mm -hmm. But I just, I hit that thing and I say, I had a late lunch today, comma, so I'm fine if we just want to forge tonight, period, new line, new line. We could do spin the choice and get what people want or whatever you guys feel like, period. And a surprising amount of the time, it got every single bit of that exactly right. Mm. Here's the thing. You can edit it while you're still talking. Now, have you done this? I've seen the little thing pop up, but how That's do you actually will edit you try it? it? Will you try and you yeah, can- Yeah, what do like, I do? What do I do? Okay, so open up drafts or notes or uh -huh. whatever uh -huh. on your iPhone. Yeah. Um, and, and, and hit the little microphone button. Yeah. And say, you know, whatever. It's just say something, and you don't have to do comma and new line, period. I like to because it actually helps me organize my thoughts. But say something like, "My name is Dan, and I'm a good boy." I mean, I, I mean, I'd say that. Why? Say this is a poppy. test of the emergency broadcast system. Well, that's illegal. There you go. How to do? Perfect. Okay, now like select emergency. Okay. And like, or how, how about this? Yeah. Um, uh, delete, trip, triple, triple click and delete. Um, how about, let's see, 
because Mary is getting Mary, because Mary is going to marry, she's going to have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Did Try. you just say that? Oh, you want me to say that? Yes, please. And do I well, leave? Just say, say something where you use the three Marys. Do I leave the little microphone button pressed when I'm doing it? Because if I do, it'll keep typing as I'm talking to you. Well, yeah, that's that's uh, one really neat thing is that once you get used to it, you don't feel the need to hit the off button immediately because what if you have more to say? Well, once you get your head right about whatever, just say whatever you want. You could even just, but like say a sentence where you use the three Marys title. Wait, what What are the three Marys again? Tell okay, me what to say. okay, let me- This is complicated. Okay. I didn't know there was going to be a say test. Say something like, um, Mary is scheduled to marry. I can see this is the thing. Syracuse makes fun of me because I don't say them differently which is why this is a good example. Yeah. Mary is scheduled to marry, which will give her a Merry Christmas. Okay. Mary is scheduled to marry, which will give her a Merry Christmas. Now, how'd it do? Perfect. Really? Yeah. Well, okay, now try this, though. Click on M-E-R-R-Y. And does it give you other suggestions? No. What it, what it will do is... <laughs> It's smart about things. So it, if, especially if it's a name, like a homonym, in the same way that you can do like, whatever it's called. I, gosh, I really wish there could be an update in the way we do that little tabbed interface when we click. Yeah. You know, with copy and paste. Yeah. And yeah. There's so much where I, there's times when like, can you just figure out that I almost definitely want to do a lookup here? Like next to cut, copy, paste, that's the thing I most often want to do with this. Or, yeah, they don't let you rearrange it. Yeah, or you can, you know, change. You can click change, which is, you know, the old school way is you would click on M-E-R-R-Y and type M-A-R-Y or whatever. Once you find yourself doing this and editing as you talk, you'll notice that you, when you click on things now, it'll blue select phrases and say, like, did you mean this, this, or this? So your corrections get faster. You don't have to be editing just with, like, backspace and, you know, um, mousing around. It will do all that stuff for you, which is is pretty amazing. But it's it's come so far, and it works so fast. And it is my thesis statement that it is worth y'all trying dictation on your phone again. I mean, you can use it for stuff. I mean, obviously, you're using quote unquote Siri to create a mind reminder or whatever. But where you would normally type with your thumbs or what have you, whatever your input device is, your your double pickles or whatever. Mm -hmm. Remember, people used to do sausages on their phone when it was cold. People used to use uh, when when iPhones first came out. People would use for, uh, would use sausages. Sausage. Use a breakfast sausage as a stylus. <laughs> if you had to wear gloves. <laughs> Seems like that would kind of gum up your screen a little bit. But I'm not a cook. It's smudgy. Try it again. Um, and here's what: if you're if you're like me, if you really lean into this for even a day, even mm -hmm. if for an afternoon, you're going to discover what I've discovered, which is like all I need to know is. Okay, is this, am I just gonna hit the thumb? Am I just gonna say sounds good? Like I'm usually a pretty terse responder when it comes to business. If I know I need to do more than a sentence and I'm pretty sure it's gonna probably be more approaching a short paragraph, I'm really, really, really trying to always remember to hit that microphone, talk and see how it did. Mm -hmm. And my thesis statement is that even allowing for the time that it takes to re read and correct what you've written, which increasingly is less than before, yeah. I think it's still so much faster than typing. It's way faster than my typing anyway. So I was excited about that. So it was fun to talk to David about that. That was one um, that I thought was really exciting. Do, do I have a little more time? Yeah, go for it. Do you need yeah. to go?
No, you always um, have to go places. You always have to talk to people. Well, I got to pick up my kid. It's in why nine? I don't know. He'll complain if I don't. Why, why won't he walk? Too far. When you saw one set of footsteps, it was when Cash was carrying you. <laughs> uh, and, and then what was the other thing about Mac Power users that I was excited about? I got to talk about the Wisdom document, which is really nice. Oh yeah, there was another thing I wrote down, um, so I would remember to say it. MPU plus two. Okay, so here's another funny one though. And this is one of the things you get. You, it's so difficult for me to like make a post about this on Mastodon that makes any sense because these are there's like four different things going on here. But so let's take it as red. No spoilers, except it's a spoiler. I instead of doing the kind of crazy stuff Dave and I talked about me doing for task management, whether that's Obsidian, mm -hmm. not that drafts is crazy, but like I decided to just give OmniFocus another spin. It's it's still a bit much for what I need. But it's things like this that really make me happy. So just follow me on this. Do you remember um, Murray the K? Do you remember? No, I'm sorry, I'm doing the remotes. Do you remember when the thing came out where it kind of got, got passed by pretty quick? But there's an accessibility feature where you can tap the back of your phone to do something. Tap the back of it. Yeah. So there's a thing under accessibility. I think it's under assistive touch. Long story short, you go in there and you drill down, you'll eventually see something like back taps or something. Mm -hmm. And you'll see double tap and triple tap. And here's what that means. You're holding your phone. So it says double tap or triple tap. And there's a pull down menu for like what you want to do when that thing happens. So like I instantly glommed onto this mm -hmm. for a pretty easy one. You double tap on the back of your phone. And for me, that takes, you, takes me to the home. It takes me to my top screen on the on the flipboard or whatever it's called mm -hmm. and then i would use triple tap and this is basically so you're holding your watch your phone in your hand like a person and with your index finger you just go tap 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 or tap tap and something happens you don't want this to be something like you know rmrf probably mm -hmm. but like <laughs> but like you know if you want to do something quickly you can double tap or triple tap on the back well let's just pause for a second here did you know that no you're a pretty smart guy did not know it right and it's and like i said to david I mean this in the opposite of an ableist way. It is really cool how Apple is committed to accessibility. It's really cool that there's so much inaccessibility. What's not as cool in a certain weird bummer way is that that feels like an area you don't need to go to if you're a healthy person, which I think is its own kind of dumb double reverse ableism. Mm -hmm. There's so much stuff. Did you guys know that that little squeezy pinchy fisty thing for your watch, you know, that's been on the watch for like over a year and it's still there right now. <laughs> That's not a new feature exclusive to the Ultra or the 9. Right. That's If you drill down into accessibility on your watch, you can do the pinch, the double pinch, or the like clench or whatever. You can do all that stuff today. You've been able to do it for a year, whatever. Um, but that, so in this case, that might be something that the purpose, the original purpose for that is say, invoke screen reader for this thing or run a, this shortcut. Yes, you can double or triple tap on the back of your phone and it will run a shortcut. But talking to David, thinking, talking about like different things. Finally, we finished recording and I thought, oh, fine, fine. I'll try OmniFocus again. I don't know if you know this, but it's an app I've enjoyed a lot in the past. I've heard you talk about it. I just didn't need it for like once. my dumb life. It was just, it was, it was, I don't know. It was like, it's like those people who have SUVs. It's like, what are you doing with that? Like, I don't, I really do just need like a, like a one person kayak. I, I really don't need a Queen Mary, but check it out. Long story short. So how do I explain this to somebody? Okay. Did you even know that exists? Well, Dan Benjamin didn't. He's a pretty smart guy. 
Did you know that you can set up a double or triple tap on the back of your phone and it will do a thing? Okay, of course I knew that. Okay. Did you know, movies with Mikey, did you know <laughs> that I am trying out OmniFocus again? Well, that's interesting. I did not know that. Okay, right, right. But like, why is that interesting? Well, because I'm trying, here's the thing. I never want to have, everything takes three taps. It makes me crazy. Like not triple taps, but like we had this conversation a month ago, how much stuff on your phone takes at least three taps. And you, once you start realizing it, you can't unsee it. All I want is a way to capture stuff. I just want to yell in the air and have it go somewhere and then process that as an inbox with the metadata that I want. There's a huge asterisk. But you know what I can do? What? I can go to that accessibility setting. Mm -hmm. I can go to triple tap mm -hmm. and I can use one of the existing inbuilt shortcuts in OmniFocus to say, essentially, when I triple click, go to OmniFocus, create a new entry, and have my cursor where I can just start typing. So, does that make sense? You tap three times three on the back times. of your phone. One, two, three. One, two, three. Primrose Path, Mrs. Bueller. You <laughs> tap three times on your phone, and it all does go bloop. You get the little like animation where it yeah. swooshes, yeah. and it's open in a new entry inbox item. That's handy. <laughs> I mean, that's perfect. Uh, yeah. Why not? Like, so I don't need all, all of the Queen Mary of OmniFocus, but I will take all the functionality. Plus now <laughs> they have plugins, like there's like plugins for OmniFocus. So like now you can do something like, you know, a famous one, like uh, we've talked about having a packing list. You hit this thing and it goes, oh, you want a packing list? And it goes, yeah. Okay. When does your trip start? When does your trip end? Da -da -da. It's got a wizard for walking you through the creation of that. All that stuff is in there. So even if I only use this as basically an unordered list, I'm kind of excited to be using OmniFocus again. I'm welcome back to it. Yeah, but then like stuff has to go somewhere. Like that's the thing is like, if you've got an inbox, you need to process it, mm -hmm. right? It just becomes like this cinder block tied to your leg unless you like take care of it. But I mean, I've got other stuff too, but uh, have you looked at dev utils yet on setup? No. I'll nope. save it for next time. Yeah, save it because that's that's an area I'm interested in. Go to notes, go check out DevUtils. All right. Yeah, and it's one of those things where like, what was the thing in BB Edit years ago? They called it like Text Factory. Do you, do you remember? There were things where you could kind of like, I don't know, I'm gonna say this wrong, but it was somewhere between like a, a, a shell script and an Apple script where you could make, you could hook a bunch of things together to do stuff. DevUtils is just this really badass app. I know what app. you're talking about. Huh? I said, I think I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, like if you want to, like you can create bash scripts or whatever where you you hook stuff together and say tell this pipe this to that this many lines right you can do that's the whole point of unix small small pieces loosely joined right mm -hmm. but like this app is a gui for doing a bunch of the garbage that drives me nuts with text it is like a text factory in some ways so like you paste you like in my case like i want to go get like a certain like title case is an mm -hmm. easy one mm -hmm. you just paste this in and it gives you back in title case but look what else it can do of course it can do camel case it'll do all this things but it can like clean up all kinds of different things it can let me open it up and look at the ones i've used a lot. i'll talk about it more next time next time i want to talk about dev utils and i want to talk about a new thought technology that i'm calling the questions mm. unix time converter format and validate json like all these things, yeah, yeah, you all know how to do that, like in in terminal, but I, I don't want to do that. Uh, generate a UUID. I actually have a really good shortcut I made for that. A, a preview HTML, a text diff checker. You see all these? This is cool. 
but like I could see how somebody who's a real technology person would look at this and go, oh, that's cute. It's just that this is for a power user, which right. is what I am. Right. I'm the worst kind of monstrosity. <laughs> A power user, like I don't, I like, I don't. You know, even like know if enough you're like know. me and you spend most of your day with the terminal open, typing commands in it, this is like, yeah, this is neat, cool. You know, but for some, for regular people who are not really messed up, this is well, great. Look at like Unix time converter is a pretty straightforward one, and like you, you might be su well, not surprised, but like you either need it or you don't, and I do. Like I need Unix time converters for things, and so you can. And it says the input. What's your input? Well, it has buttons. Is do you want the input now? Do you want the clipboard or do you want to clear out what's in here? I'm going to click now. And that generates 169, this is probably bad OPSEC, 169578383. Mm. It also shows me in all, 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 any format that I want, it shows me what a Unix timestamp is. So it That's does nice. all of these things for transmogrify. You can generate hashes, markdown preview, SQL formatter, cron job parser. It's just this Batman utility belt of little things for people who know enough to be dangerous and could use a little help with the last mile of danger title. Mm. The last mile of danger. It's terrible, but it's there. All right. Thank you for your sweetly faked attention. <laughs> well, we'll be back here again some other time, but uh, let's, let's go ahead and button this up. You ready? I mean, already? Okay. All right. Oh. Uh, you want to rush? You know, I prepare fun. for these things. I like the ones where you prepare. Yeah, okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man.